0: Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nara Youssef, and today we have the Vice Chair of Rheumatology and Director of the Arthritis and Musculoskeletal Center, Dr. Elaine Hosni. And before we get started, please remember this is for informational purposes only and not intended to replace your own physician's advice. Thank you so much for being here, doctor. Thanks. It's great to be here. Welcome. Yeah, if you can just give us a few minutes just introducing yourself to our uh, viewers.
1: Sure. You just made a nice introduction. I'm Mm -hmm. a rheumatologist. Uh, I practice in... uh, a rather large practice and um, I love what I do. I think um, where I learn most is actually from the questions I get from patients. So I'm excited to hear um, what everyone has to ask.
0: Oh, perfect, all right. Well, let's start by talking about what it, what arthritis is. It's an inflammation of the joints and it's usually very painful, correct?
1: So I think you know people um, have all different um, types of arthritis so it's important to get properly diagnosed um, Of what type of arthritis you have and then treatment um, can then, proper treatment can then um, help the patient the most. I think, um, you know, pain is perceived differently by different people. So I think it's hard for me to say that everyone's going to have intense pain. I mean, there are some and there's some people that just have mild gnawing pain and some people that have intermittent pain. So I think it varies. And it
0: depends on your pain tolerance, I'm sure as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's hard to measure, but um, I mean, it affects more than 50 million American adults and 300,000 children According to the Arthritis Foundation, but for treatments, I mean, there are a hundred types of arthritis. So how do we know what we're what kind of arthritis? We
1: yeah, have? Great, great question. So um, as you know, we all have joints, and we all want to move our joints. And when they hurt, you wonder, oh my gosh, is this arthritis? And I think the most important thing is to really. Um, think of arthritis as really many different types of diseases. So the most common is called osteoarthritis, Mm -hmm. and that is wear and tear. And um, simply put, it's your cartilage kind of uh, wears down and the bones in your joints get closer together without the cushioning. So that's osteoarthritis. Um, That's the one that affects over 25 million And um, that's more with age? And usually we see that with age, um, Mm -hmm. people that may have overuse or repetitive um, syndromes, Mm -hmm. uh, people that may have previous injuries, right? So um, those are what makes um, osteoarthritis more common in that joint. And then the whole other family of of arthritis is what we call the um, more of the immune-mediated or the... um, the inflammatory arthritis, so mm-hmm. those are people with, um, you might have heard of, rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. psoriatic arthritis, um, lupus can fall in that category. Sure. So those are sort of the two broad categories. Um, it would take a whole hour for us to go through each of those, <laughs> so so that's in general, um, sure. so one is sort of what we call a non-inflammatory arthritis, um, that's the osteoarthritis, where it's the wear and tear, okay. and then the other group is what we call the inflammatory arthritis, okay. um, and treatments are very different for for. And that those. was
0: actually my next question, because wear and tear is different and inflammation, so it's not like it's just one treatment for all. Correct. It all depends. Correct. I see. Okay, well that answers my next question, thank you. So do we know what causes arthritis and is there a cure?
1: Great question. So uh, arthritis in general, uh, we um, have ideas of uh, why patients might break down their joints and cause pain. Um, In terms of knowing exactly what causes it, we are not there yet. Um, So there is a lot of research going into trying to better understand who's at higher risk. Um uh, who um will you know might need you know more aggressive treatment, and then eventually um some of these arthritis um can be uh, more or less cured by surgery um nice. so you can actually replace the joint um sure.
0: So. sure great um and besides medication, is there something that a person can do to minimize the pain
1: sure so uh, I think many of us um, do undergo maybe you know just overuse or doing a little more um, exercise than they should have, and they get pain in their joint, mm-hmm. and you know the first thing that they do is what they kind of hold off or stop so mm-hmm. so there 's many things that we can do to manage pain, but when you have a lifelong disease like maybe more of an inflammatory arthritis, what do you do because you still have Chef. to go to work and you Chef. still have to take care of your family. Um, And that's where it becomes um, a little bit uh, more uh, looking at education, so you get properly diagnosed, you understand how the arthritis affects you and what you can do to manage the pain. Uh, And so that's um, really where uh, what we spend a lot of our time in uh, patient appointment uh, to go over is to understand where your goals are. Um, and what uh, you know you can't do the most and what we can do to make it better. So we have um, both medical treatments, like with pills, mm-hmm. we have injection therapies, um, and then we also have non-drug alternatives, yeah. right? So we have a lot of physical therapy and rehab that we can recommend and work with a patient as well.
0: Great. Now, um, Cleveland weather today, um, surprisingly nice and warm, but um, I've heard a lot about arthritis or the weather affecting your joints and arthritis can flare up from that. Is that that a true story? Because I kind of heard both sides.
1: Yeah, so that's really interesting. We actually have uh, tried to look at that, uh, how weather might affect, and we do know many people who say, oh, I know the rain's coming, or I "I can feel it in my joints before you even know what the weather is, um, and how good can we be at predicting weather based on our joint pain. So I do believe that there's probably a lot to do with... uh, barometric pressure and humidity. So temperature um, and the way the weather is um, does change some of the atmospheric pressure. And I believe that many people may have changes in their joint capsule. So the joint capsule is just a fancy word for that uh, fine lining that encapsulates your joint. And that is an enclosed space, so I'm sure that um, depending on the type of weather, that can maybe influence the way that your joint capsule might feel, either enlarging it or squeezing upon it, and then possibly, you know, certain people can feel a change sure. um, in their joint. And those have nerve endings around it, and so therefore then can cause some sort of pain or pressure in that area. Um, but unfortunately, our science isn't quite there yet that we can say that people can actually predict when, uh, or maybe how much, you know, what the temperature exactly might be based sure. on joint pain.
0: Sure. Okay. And um, I kinda wanna go over um, kind of like a myth buster because I, I heard of a lot of conflicting things for arthritis. Um, so I'm gonna ask you some questions, that just let me know um, the truth. <laughs> is arthritis <I'll> try. <laughs> um first of all, is it to blame for all joint pain? Is arthritis the one? Sorry you have to actually
1: Yeah so so it. I think that it's um, probably a little more complicated than we like. You mm-hmm. know we, we wish that if we had You know, joint pain in that one area, we would just say yes, no to arthritis. But there's a lot of things also around the joint. So the joints do include the bones, as you think of, that helps us move, help us kind of bend, extend, and flex your joint. But there's also muscles around the joint. There's also tendons around the joint. So your joint, um, the musculoskeletal system, you know, sort of acts um, as a unit together with the bones, the cartilage, the tendons, the muscles. So sometimes the pain can be in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some people can be a little more sensitive to pain where their nerve fibers can be more sensitive. So even if their arthritis might be more mild, but their uh, reaction to their um, nerves um, could be higher and sure. therefore their pain threshold, um, you know, they can have and experience more pain than right. others.
0: Right, right, right. Great. Thank you. Um, okay. So someone like um, I actually crack my knuckles uh, quite a bit. Um, does that cause arthritis? Cause you know, you hear about that, you know, when you're younger, your mom tells you not to do that and you never know why, but is that uh,
1: a factor at all? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we know that it's quite habit forming. So we mm-hmm. know that people that actually um, crack joints tends to do it under certain circumstances. So it's almost a habit forming for sure. cracking knuckles. And um, really that the um, sound that it makes doesn't necessarily emanate just from the joint. It's actually um, studies have shown where the tendons can kind of slap against the bone. So, so mm. it's kind of happening around the joint. So, I think that's a very hard question. Um, I think the jury's still out on yes. whether it actually causes arthritis. As you know, there's many people that get arthritis that don't crack their joint. Sure. So, I right. think it is difficult to you know um, pin down. But obviously, it's in that general vicinity, and the noise comes from the joint. So, it's a uh, you know really natural for for us to think whether or not. So it could be maybe not cracking the knuckles, but the way that they use their joint and overuse their joint could, you know, maybe contribute um, to arthritis in that area, but I wouldn't be able to say with certainty. Sure, well, very good to know. know. Um, Okay, let's talk about exercise. You know, it's recommended for our health, but um, can it aggravate joint pain for someone that um, has arthritis? Yeah, I get that question every week, probably wow. like, oh, you know, should I, should I exercise more? Well, it doesn't make sense. It hurts, so I right. shouldn't. But actually, we are a big uh, believer in, uh, you know, using your muscles and your joints. We sure. think that's how you're going to get, you know, long term benefits in terms of function. So there are going to be times where you can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be times when your arthritis flares, depending on what type of arthritis you have. And we'll probably advise you to modify your exercise at those times. But then there are times um, overall that we want you to keep your range of motion, resistance training, and you know keep your joints moving. We think um, overall, in the long term, that's gonna lead to better function. So I think uh, that's a two-sided question. So yes, we want you yeah. to exercise, but we also want you to modify it during certain times. Sure, sure. Would you say something like maybe like swimming or like the aerobic exercises
0: underwater, would that help with joints? I'm trying to think of what kind of exercises that wouldn't be too painful.
1: Sure, so what you're referring to is um, the <laughs> cat sort of the exercise that we see that is sort of a non-weight bearing, right? So mm-hmm. there are um, definitely exercise, you know, exercise, that's a that's actually a good point. I think exercise means different things to different so people, different, right? As Depending. long as
0: I'm moving, it's probably, I consider that exercise. Right. Well, I clean my house today, so I
1: exercise, right? Exactly. right? That so is exercise. Versus, you know, oh man, I was only, you know, and I was only doing the, you know, electrical for an hour oh, today, right. so an hour and a half. I'm like, wow, you know? So so I think um, it is important to uh, be evaluated for exercise. So sure. there are therapists, physical therapists, exercise physiologists, there's many people um, that exercise is, their, um, is what they do for a living right. and they can evaluate you to see what kind of exercise you might want to focus on. You know, is it your large muscle groups, is it your small muscle groups, you know, where you are maybe weak, you know. Sure. And then after that, there's also um, people that, you know, have never exercised before. Where do you even begin, right? So maybe they have to start with water therapy, which yeah, is what you were right. Um, alluding to, you know, sure. some sort of less, um, you know, resistance. So yeah. there's water-based therapy, land-based therapy, and then obviously there's um, people that are a lot more high-functioning who are, um, you know, have been exercising lifelong and they need to get to maybe a next level, you know, yeah. where they can yeah. use different forms of exercise, maybe focusing on core, you know, sure. and then don't underestimate the um, the other sort of uh, maybe a little more non-traditional exercise like stretching and yoga and sure. um, things walking like that. walking
0: and the steps. Walking. <laughs> Great. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of customization based on the patient you probably deal with a variety of, of, of patients and kind of pain
1: right but the um, message is that exercise can be good and we sure. have to modify it and adjust it and personalize it should sure. it to. should be there yeah okay and
0: how about diet is that a huge factor in preventing arthritis is that true or false
1: yeah, so I think diet um, is something that's so empowerful mm-hmm. because you can control what you put into your body. So I yeah. do think it's a really important topic mm-hmm. in general. Um, whether or not we're at a point where I can pinpoint a certain grocery list that's good for arthritis or bad for arthritis. We're not there yet. Sure. But I think we do know a lot about uh nutritional sciences now that yes. we may not have known, you know, before. Uh so there are certain um overindulgences that can lead um, to not feeling as well and increasing, you know, how fatigued you might be, you know. So those that really, you know, focus on a lot of sweetened and processed foods aren't going to be as good as, as whole foods. You know? right, so foods right, that um, that you shop for, um, that you need to shop for every day, you know, foods that really stay on your shelf for three weeks, you wonder, yeah, you know, right. how good could how it be? Could it stay? You know? So you really normal. want to um, have a plate full of very varied um, diets sure. uh, where you see multiple colors, um, things that are whole food, whole foods, fresh vegetables. Those are always better than um, you know trying to limit the you know drive-through line yeah. at certain fast food. You know where sure. the salt and the sweet and the fried you know yeah. intake yeah. is is just being less controlled. Yeah. So overall, we know a lot about you know eating more with whole foods sure. um, are going to be helpful, but. As you know, that's a topic that we could spend the whole half hour on. Yeah, that could be, on, That'd be the um, next one. <laughs> so, so I think yeah. talking with your doctor about your diet, I think, is a great start. Sure. And then, depending on what chronic other chronic illnesses you might have, we're going to tailor that diet sure. um, as well.
0: And I'm guessing something that has to do with inflammation, like rheumatoid arthritis, like an anti-inflammatory diet would be probably good for that, correct? Correct.
1: So there's a lot looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the best way is really to have a more personalized approach. So I think some people that have severe rheumatoid arthritis, I think the diet will help, but they will also need some of the medications that a rheumatologist might recommend. Right. So it'll be a combination of things. Sure. And their exercise program might look differently than someone with mild rheumatoid arthritis that might be on a different medication. Okay,
0: so- great, great. And then. Um, Speaking of diet though, can uh, losing weight ease your joint pain?
1: Right, so I think we have a lot of studies looking at weight and osteoarthritis, which is the Mm non-inflammatory. So we know that in osteoarthritis, that weight plays a big role in accelerating the cartilage loss and having excess weight, I should say, um, can increase um, the rate that osteoarthritis can form. So perhaps in those patients that are overweight that have osteoarthritis, um, your weight becomes a bigger priority, um, especially if your osteoarthritis is in a weight-bearing joint. So mm-hmm. that means hips, knees, ankles, you might want to um, consider, and you do have excess weight, then that's where we will focus on that.
0: Sure, sure, great to know. All right, well, I'm gonna go ahead and jump on to some uh, live questions that we're getting. Um, I'm gonna go to Kareem. Is there any more research being conducted on arthritis pain?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, research means many things to different people. Yes, uh, we true. do a lot of research here at the Cleveland Clinic, trying to find uh, many different uh, ways to attack arthritis, um, trying to improve the ways that we look at, trying to improve patient outcomes. Um, And so, you know, many people might think of research as, oh, you know, am I going to be a guinea pig? This is an experimental. But research really has a a large set of rules behind it. And that we only conduct research that, you know, is is really following, you know, um, the, you know, NIH guidelines. And so it's important um, to see if you qualify for a research study and to have a conversation with your doctor to see if you would be a good candidate um, to be in a research study. And if you are, we learn lots. I mean, this is how we... um, excel in our understanding of research is to get patients in and involved. Um, But at the same time, not every clinical trial or research study is for you. So it's important to just get the knowledge. And just because you don't um, qualify for this one doesn't mean you might not qualify for another one. So research is sort of a dynamic process um, that you should um, be looking out for different studies.
0: So if the patient wants to um, get involved in a clinical trial, talk to your
1: doctor. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there are very strict um, ways that we look at which patient might respond to which trial. So it's going to be important to see if you qualify. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, how much time you might have at this time to participate in a trial, right? So we don't um, really just want people to sign on the dotted line and then decide, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, vacation and, you know, so it might not be a great time. Then you find yeah. another time. So this is all a Uh, You know, just really fact-finding and seeing which um, trial might fit for you. But I do think it's important um, to get patients excited about research.
0: That's great. And then knowing that it helps both sides
1: of the patient and
0: the doctors. Um, All right. And I have Cecilia. Uh, My mother's 86 years old
1: and her knees are always aching. Is that arthritis? So that um, is something that's so hard to know just, uh, you know, sort of over the phone or on the internet. So one of the best ways that we know whether or not you have arthritis is actually to come to get a visit by a rheumatologist. And the reason for that is because we look at all different things. So we look at um, how you're reacting to pain, but we also make it an x-ray because we want to kind of look at the bones um, and see what they're doing. And we might want to do an exam. So we want to see what's going on in the joint, how well it's moving compared to someone else that we see in your same age group. So all of those play a role into how we diagnose. So it's not just the pain, but we might um, get some laboratory markers. We might get some x-rays and we'll do an exam. So we kind of take all of that together Mm -hmm. um, with the patient, and then we can help diagnose more accurately. Great. Uh, and then
0: uh, Jeff, I have diagnosis of RA and fibromyalgia, um, are these commonly diagnosed together? What causes the extreme fatigue and what can one do about it? Thank you.
1: Sure. So rheumatoid arthritis is probably one of the more common inflammatory arthritis, so one that we'll hear about a little bit more than mm-hmm. some of the others. Um, it is a immune-mediated or autoimmune disease, so we don't know what causes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people have mild RA, some people have moderate, and some people have very severe RA. Um, that requires more aggressive treatment. One of the what we call comorbidities or commonly associated symptoms with rheumatoid arthritis can be fibromyalgia. There mm-hmm. can be other things such as Sjogren's, where you get dry eyes, dry mouth. So there's a whole hit list of other, other sort of comorbidities or associated sure. diagnosis that goes with rheumatoid arthritis. So if you have more than one, then we might tailor our treatment um, to helping somebody with not just the RA, but also with the fibromyalgia. So you might get two different treatments in that particular. Sure, sure.
0: Great to know. And Phil, can you actually get arthritis off the spine?
1: Yeah, so arthritis can, um, great question, can, um, you know, most common we think of arthritis as those joints that we, you know, sort of bear weight on. So the knees, ankles, you know, hips are common. But certainly you can get arthritis in the hands, in the shoulders, in the neck even. So just as a question, yes, you can get arthritis um, in the spine as well. Sure. Okay. Low back is also a very common area for osteoarthritis. Low back is, oh, Mm I didn't
0: know that. Great. And then now Barbara, uh,
1: what drugs are available to ease pain of arthritis? So that's going to depend on the type of arthritis. So we have a whole list of medicines that we might use in the non-inflammatory, in the osteoarthritis category. Mm -hmm. And then we have a whole uh, list of other drugs that we can use in the the inflammatory arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus.
0: Okay, great. And um, I have Barbara again. Can you have arthritis pain in your calves?
1: So calves are usually in the area where it's muscle. Um, okay. So you can have, you know, a calf muscle. So and, and muscles do attach to joints. So that in that particular um, area, I would say it's hard to get arthritis in the calf. But calves are um, sort of the calf is related to the ankle and the the knee. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we do have to kind of do the exam to see, you know, what's what's going on. But arthritis in the calves probably not. But there's associated okay. um, symptoms. Great.
0: And then uh, Kelly, I have screws in my ankle and my knee that are holding in a rod from a motor vehicle accident years ago. Recently, the screw in my ankle started hurting really, really bad. And can I have arthritis in it? I've had an x-ray that shows no problems.
1: Great. So so this is sort of in that category that I remarked about earlier that you can get uh, osteoarthritis from injury as well, right? So there's sure. many different things you could be. You know, you could have lifelong being, you know, um, overweight that can accelerate osteoarthritis. You can sure. have injury. So, a motor vehicle accident would sort of fall into that category. Okay. And depending on how you might have, um, so with screws, I would imagine that they had surgery sure. um, after the motor vehicle accident. And depending on, you know, how bad the injury was and how, complicated the surgery was, then that may or can determine how much osteoarthritis you can get over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is reassuring that the um, that the x-ray, for example, did not show right. arthritis at this point. So maybe that um, there might be other reasons that we need to look for for the pain. Sure, sure.
0: Great. And Patty, how do you tell which type of arthritis I have? Which tests are done?
1: Sure. So uh, when a patient comes in to see, have an evaluation by us in, in rheumatology, we don't go by just the pain and, the, and where it is, but we actually take a history and see when does the pain affect you. So is the pain more just in the morning? and really just eases up at the end of the day, or is the pain all day long, Mm -hmm. or does the pain only occur when you're active? So all of those are very helpful questions for us and help us determine whether you're, once again, in that sort of inflammatory group or the non-inflammatory group, and based on that and where they are. So are they in the small joints? Are they in the large joints? Um, So all of these go into what we call history taking, and then we do an exam, and then we also look at labs and um, x-ray data, And we become much more confident in being able to tell you what kind of arthritis once we have all of those sort of checklists of items. Sure. So you would say like the very first appointment of someone seeing um, a
0: rheumatologist, what to expect it would be first, kind of like with the questions that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Great. Get the history, and then based on that, get yeah. the exam, and then we'll determine whether or not you do need, you know, X-rays or or labs. And the most important thing um, to hear, and and maybe a little unsettling, is that you can actually have more than one type of arthritis, right? So so there could be something on going on in your knee, maybe from an injury from sports from a long time ago, but then you can also have develop another type of arthritis. So it is important to know that it might not just be one type. And so, you know, a formal evaluation would be helpful to sort all that out. And just like you said, depending
0: on the body part, your joints are like hiding between a bunch of stuff. You still have to literally ask so many questions, do a lot of tests to to find that out.
1: Correct. So sometimes people can, you know, just have their bursa inflamed. Um, You can have a bursitis, which is a fluid filled sac that's right next to your joint. And sometimes we could just take care of the inflammation, the bursitis and you do much better, and it has nothing to do with arthritis in the joint, for example. How,
0: how often do you get that? Like, um, I have joint pain, they come to you, and then you find out it's it not right. It happens, it happens quite a bit. It happens, yeah. Right? So,
1: um, so we do really do need to, you know, look at the exam, get the history, and not just go by pain itself. Sure, sure. So pain is important to know about, but that's not the only thing that we look at.
0: How about carpal tunnel? Is carpal tunnel considered any kind of form of Arthritis, or that could lead to, if someone has carpal tunnel.
1: So probably not. So okay. carpal tunnel is more to do with the median nerve. So it's just okay. a nerve that's near a joint. So I near see. your wrist joint. So that's why there can be some confusion. Is it arthritis in your wrist, or is right. it carpal tunnel? I so see. that's a great example of some common things that are near the joint yeah. um, and not associated with arthritis. Okay. Um, so that can um, be pretty easily, you know, um, examined and looked after with a good, you know, with a good visit.
0: Sure. So. Sure. Great. Um, Rob, I'm having. Bad uh, gout flare-ups in my foot. What are the best treatments for
1: this? Sure. So gout is another type of arthritis that's more in the inflammatory, um, you know, uh, category, category yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, so people um, with gout, it does affect their joint. It's it's actually one of the most painful, probably one of the most common things we see that um, that actually enters the emergency room. So we know it really hurts because it kind sure. of stops you in your track. Um, and gout is really due to an excess of uh, uric acid crystals. Um, and so our goal. Um, is to uh, actually take a little fluid out of that joint and look at it under a microscope and confirm um, that this is due to uh, gout. And once we know that, then we can treat. um, And it's very, very treatable. Um, for and you said uric acid crystals, Crystals. Yes. What,
0: are, what is that exactly? So those
1: are crystals. We have many different actually types of crystals that can form and cause um, joint pain. Gout would be the most common. The other ones um, that people might have heard of is pseudogout, mm-hmm. which is a different type of crystal that can also cause arthritis. But gout by far is the most common. The most common one, great.
0: Um, Let's see. And then, William, how do I know if I have arthritis? How do I tell the difference between pain and arthritis?
1: Right. So that is um, why we need more than just knowing about pain. Right. So that's going back to getting the history. So where is the pain? When does it occur? What makes it worse? Uh, That's the history part. And then we also you know, look at family history and and things like that. And then, of course, um, going back to the exam and then looking at x-ray and laboratory data And putting those together, um, we become a lot more confident to tell the patient what type of arthritis they have. Great.
0: Um, Lena is asking, what is the relation between psoriasis and arthritis?
1: Right. So that's actually um, um, an interesting area for me because I Mm -hmm. study a lot of... People with psoriatic arthritis. Okay. So, there is a form of arthritis that can occur in people that have psoriasis. So, normally, um, you know, many times people don't even see the connection. So, we are still trying to study um, what that is all about. But basically, you could have um, arthritis for almost 10 years before you might even develop any symptoms of psoriatic arthritis. Wow. So, it doesn't always happen at the same time. And that's probably what makes it a little bit more difficult for us to um, diagnose. Um, But we are learning a lot more about it. So about not everybody with psoriasis is going to get psoriatic arthritis, but about a third of patients with psoriasis um, might end up with psoriatic arthritis. Is
0: this a thing where psoriasis always comes first or...? it's always so the
1: majority of cases like maybe about 80 percent of the cases um yes the skin condition comes before the arthritis right um in very very rare conditions the arthritis can occur before the skin and then there's another 10 percent, maybe where they occur together sure sure
0: okay um and then uh sherry has a question there's a lot of letters in here but if you test positive rnp once and positive ANA. DNA and double DNA, does that make you positive for MXCTD and lupus? And I'm gonna ask you to just define everything I just said because I'm not sure if sure so
1: we call that the alphabet soup so 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 we uh, do that for a living Um, we do a lot of um, autoimmune testing if we find that the patient comes in with a history that seems very probable for one of these diseases so such as lupus or rheumatoid arthritis we will start ordering some of those lab tests that I talked about right and it is like an alphabet soup and so um, depending on what we feel that the patient has more likely we would order a set of those uh, lab tests. So we just don't blankly order a bunch of every single lab test. So we, we do sort of personalize it to what they're complaining about. So in this particular, just sort of throwing out some of these alphabets, so a positive ANA, yes. um, a positive um, anti-DNA, or a positive RMP. Those are all in what we call sort of the, the lupus um, family. Mm. Um, and then within the lupus family, she was alluding to, you can have an undifferentiated uh, type of connective tissue disease, you could have a mixed connective tissue disease, which is the MCTD so these are uh, you know in that that family so we look at these markers and depending on how many are positive and how Um, The titers are positive, we can then become more confident about what kind of um, diseases they fit into. Um, So, those are very different than if you came in for osteoarthritis. We would not order any of those tests. So, it's just important to know um, the difference. And these markers are just helpful for us to know what kind of category you might be falling into. So, they're not that definitive. So, what I mean is they're could be 10% of people in the U.S. population that have a positive ANA and never develop lupus. So you have to take this all together. So this isn't as simple as you know one blood test can you know definitely decide what you're going to have. Right. So we usually put that all in context. So we right. do look at the blood tests, we look at the X-rays, and we look at the history as well as the joint exam itself. Sure. And that's
0: that's um, that's crazy. I mean hundreds of arthritis types and you're going through every test and based on the pain and everything. I mean, it must be really difficult. I
1: mean, well, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the job because no Diagnose, no person, yeah, yeah no, yeah. no person comes in the same. They, yeah. Not two people they, are the yeah, same. So yeah. it's, it's fun. You're kind of a detective yes. um, and you get their history. And then, so after a while it, it's not as confusing, uh, yeah. you know, as, sure. as it sounds. Um, and I think that's what makes people maybe a little bit, um, you know, not comfortable going to see because they look on the internet and they say, oh, well, I'm not sure which one I fall into. I don't even know if I should go. But really, if you are having joint pain that's lasting for you Know more than a couple of weeks at interfering with your daily life, you need to see somebody. Sure, definitely. you know, would I come every time I just have a fleeting, you know, 30 second of knee pain and think I have arthritis? No, mm-hmm. so you really want to kind of think about, um, you know, uh, prolonged pain, pain that's interfering with things that you're used to doing every day, changes in your pain pattern. Those are all important um, things that we want to know about and that you should sure. get help for. Great,
0: all right. Well, I'm gonna do one more question, okay. Um, I have Mike. I was newly diagnosed with RA. I'm 66 years old and now taking a 10 week methotrexate. Mm -hmm. I go offshore fishing and my wrists and hands and fingers swell and it hurts afterwards for about three three days. Um, Is this normal?
1: So uh, rheumatoid arthritis, like I said, is one of our most common type of inflammatory arthritis. Mm -hmm. And we really, our goal is to get people in what we call low disease activity or as close to remission as possible. So if you're taking these drugs and you're still having a lot of joint swelling and you're not able to do the things you wanna do, then we would say that um, you you may need to come in for a visit and you may need to talk to your doctor about either adding a medication, um, escalating to a different medication. So our goal is to always, you know, uh, start slow and move on up. So we don't really want to always start with the most aggressive, aggressive. form of sure. medication. Sure. Uh, methotrexate is what we call our anchor drug. You know, mm-hmm. It's a drug that's been around for 30 years. We're very familiar with it. It's a great drug. So I would say of every 10 patients that come in with rheumatoid arthritis, I would say more than half of them do really well on methotrexate alone. Nice. So we have that history. We, sure. we know how to monitor it. We know how to treat you. But like I said, not all 10 patients are going to respond to methotrexate, so there's going to be another three or four patients that we know may need more. And so um, if you do, then you follow up with your rheumatologist um, and based on what's going on with your exam and your blood tests um, and um, your x-rays, we might decide um, to add a med or escalate a med, switch out a med. um the good news is for rheumatoid arthritis when um when i started in med school there was only maybe one or two drugs that i had to learn how to use mm-hmm. and now um you know 10 15 years later which isn't even that long we have over a dozen medications wow. for rheumatoid arthritis so it's an exciting time for, for us for just rheumatoid arthritis just, not just all about trachean- arthritis right, wow. right. Wow. there's new drugs for psoriatic arthritis but in terms of rheumatoid arthritis um, we have new drugs so sure. it's a good time to it's a good time to have RA <laughs> <laughs> and you know we encourage people to uh, really be able to communicate with their rheumatologist sure. we want to know the things that you can or cannot do so that we can tailor treatment sure. um so sometimes it's not just the x-ray alone or you know we need to hear from patients we need to kind of put all of our, um, you know, sort of the categories together, labs and x-rays and exam and how you're doing and what you like to do. So fishing, you want to do fishing. So, you know, we we want to be able to get people in low disease activity. Sure, sure.
0: That's great. It's you know, But it's a going lot to of, take time. Yeah, it yeah. Time. A lot of investigation, a lot of time, mm-hmm. open-mindedness. A little bit so of so trial and things. error yeah. with the
1: medication sure. is to be expected and doesn't mean that you have, you know, something wrong with you. It's just, um, you know, how we treat. We have really lifelong relationships with our patients and we are very used to that and very comfortable with that.
0: Sure, sure. Um, Well, you've been very, very useful. This is very great information. But before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell our viewers that maybe I didn't touch
1: on? Yeah, so I think, uh, the, the best thing to do is really to get properly diagnosed, right? So if you are sitting there with, uh, joint pain and you think you have one type, but you really have another type, it's going to be very difficult because you're going to feel very discouraged by the things you read sure. or a patient who, or a friend that you have in church, right? Yeah. Who has a different type who's responding to Advil and you're not. Well, me, you know, or, you know, non-steroidal. Maybe, you know, um, right. you are having a different type of, uh, arthritis or maybe your arthritis is more severe. So, The biggest message is to get properly diagnosed, see your doctor, um, you know, start with a doctor that, you know, an an internist or a primary care physician, or you have access to a rheumatologist. um, People will get you there. You just have to... Um, get properly diagnosed and just not assume you have one type of arthritis. I think that's an important yeah. message
0: And I think another one you're saying it's, it's okay to go to a primary doctor and, mm-hmm. and complain about arthritis pain It doesn't mean you need to go straight into rheumatologist.
1: Correct. It just, just depends on sure. you know where you live What sure. you have access to what sure. your rel- relationship with is with your current um, physician um, And usually if you have one of the more difficult arthritis Uh, most people will be seeing a rheumatologist who specializes um, in in arthritis. Sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. This is is all very uh, good information. And for more health tips information, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, at Cleveland Clinic, just one word. And we'll see you again next time. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.